Recently, we've been seeing a pretty unusual phenomenon, both in Portland and along the coast. Imagine you're just going about your day, minding your own business, and then all of a sudden, whoops, there's a giant hole in the middle of the road. I'm talking about sinkholes. Why does this happen? And how concerned should we be about it? Today on CityCast Portland, we're taking a closer look at sinkholes with science journalist Aaron Ross. It's Thursday, September 7th. I'm John Natariani in for Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. So I feel like we have a lot of things that we can be scared of in Oregon. Uh, There are earthquakes, there are (laughs) wildfires, there are heat domes, there are blizzards. I hadn't thought to be scared of sinkholes yet. Should I be scared of sinkholes, Aaron? Is this something I should add to my list of natural disasters to fear? I mean, probably not. I think that they're they're sort of like quicksand for grownups. Like that's what I keep coming back to when I think about sinkholes. Um, because quicksand, it turns out, is not actually that scary. But you know, when we were kids, it was terrifying. Um, but this like concept of like the earth just vanishing beneath you. I, I personally find that pretty freaky. We have sinkholes here, but we're not like sinkhole central. That's like looking at the southeast in Florida and places like that. Well, really, I hadn't thought at all about sinkholes until we started preparing to do this conversation. And I started <laughs> researching it and I was like, oh, no, that is really scary. Yeah. Um, but like, what are sinkholes? Like, how do they form? They're almost like what would happen if you were on top of a cave and then the cave collapsed. So... Sinkholes form when water pools in the ground or underground and doesn't have a way to get out by going over the ground. So instead, it kind of seeps through the earth and then it starts to eat away at the ground underneath the earth. Mm -hmm. And here, like most of our ground is clay or basalt. So the water just sinks through uniformly. But if you look at, like, say, the southeast U.S., like Florida, where we see these like terrifying, you know, multi-acre sinkholes, I found a sinkhole in Alabama that's called the Golly Hole, which is quite a name. (laughs) Uh, And it's on the realm of like several acres. So they can get really big. And all of the ground there is made out of limestone, which Mm -hmm. is made up of calcium carbonate. And it's what like seashells are made out of and what coral is made out of. And it's left behind in areas that used to be the ocean. So all that area used to be underwater. You have these, this limestone and limestone dissolves in water. So, The network of like the whole southeast has all of these little like caves inside of it. And then these caves are usually full of water. And either what happens is the water goes away um, and then the cave roofs collapse because the water isn't holding them up anymore. Or they'll just get so big that they can't support whatever's on top of them and then they collapse. And there are like several different types of sinkholes, right? It's not like every sinkhole is the same. Yeah. So some some sinkholes are these like big dramatic collapses where just the ground goes away and there's like a cave going straight down. Um, Other sinkholes can kind of look like a dip in the ground. So if there's soil over the top of these like open chambers then the dirt can kind of slowly trickle in or quickly trickle in if there was like, say, a dirt plug that got removed. And then you end up with a sinkhole that looks more like kind of a basin or like an even dip. Yeah, I I think it's interesting, though, that, you know, at the end of the day, like they all come back to water, like sinkholes happen where water is or was, Mm -hmm. Um, which makes sense because water erodes. And then the ground collapses underneath you with no warning. (laughs) Yeah, with no warning. (laughs) Eating cars, eating houses. I did find a sinkhole in Oregon looking back through uh, last year that ate a car in a parking lot. 
Wait, 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 where? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it said South Portland um, in a parking lot mall. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at a Southeast Yamhill Street, a 10 foot deep sinkhole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this one was even bigger. Like the one on Yamhill Street was this year. This one was one from. Uh, oh, yeah. A South Portland tire dealer in August of 2022. Okay. Is the car all right? I have no idea. Um, the article just said it was swallowed, which is like, that's the kind of like dramatic language you get with sinkholes, though. It's like this this earth mouth eating everything up. Oh, my gosh. Well, I've got a lot more sinkhole questions. But first, let's take a quick break. OK, so we do occasionally have sinkholes in Portland. Um, yeah. And, and I've also been hearing stories about sinkholes happening on the coast sometimes, too, right? Right. So um, both of these sinkholes, like the ones in Portland and the ones at the coast, are happening for different reasons. And something that I think is kind of interesting about the Portland sinkholes is that these actually, they're kind of our fault. These are happening because of people. So um, mm. one type of sinkhole that we see is called a cover collapse sinkhole. And that's what those really dramatic ones are like, where you have... Um, a solid surface, and then everything underneath goes away. Got it. And here, you'll notice like all of these sinkholes seem to involve cars and uh, roads, and that's because we have this road, which is a hard cover, and then underneath the roads, we have sewer lines and water mains, and all of the sinkholes that I found, and there's a few a year in the Portland area, all come back to instances where these pipes break. So the pipe breaks, it starts to wash away all the soil underneath this hard cover of the road, <laughs> and then the road collapses. So they're really an infrastructure thing here. Oh, and you just have no idea that this pipe is broken under the road and like washing away. Yeah, the dirt. I guess so. Just, just driving your little car. <laughs> and then suddenly like, <laughs> yeah, um, those ones, thankfully, I mean, they're not going to be crazy deep. They're only as deep as, you know, however long the water has been flowing. But um, mm -hmm. not these like 30 foot deep sinkholes, but they're still pretty startling. And then. The ones at the coast um, are pretty cool, too, just from like a, a geological point of view. Mm -hmm. So these are these are at Cape Kiwanda. And if you think about the Oregon coast, we have like kind of two types of capes. We have these like big basalt formations, basalts of volcanic rock. It's really hard. takes a really long time to erode. And that's things like Cape Perpetua is basalt or like Hasita Head and Yaquina Head. Uh, those are all basalt capes that stick out into the water. Or um, Haystack Rock is a big basalt rock out in the water. Mm -hmm. And then we have places like Cape Kiwanda or Cape Arago where uh, the capes are made out of sandstone. And sandstone is really easy to erode. It's a really soft rock. You can even just like scratch. I mean, don't do it, but you'll see people like scratching their names and cliffs and stuff like that. So that's kind of always eroding. And these cool formations that we see at Cape Kiwanda happen because of that erosion. So in this case, um, when these sinkholes appeared, uh, the Parks Department was able to fly out a drone down along water level. And what they found is that the waves have been pushing water and making these little caves and inlets. And they don't look very big from the waterline, but they're actually pretty big underneath the total dome of the Cape. And mm -hmm. so you have these sea caves that are forming and then eventually the sea cave gets so big that the ground on top of it collapses that they didn't even know was there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, that's interesting to hear about because I, I remember I was down at the National Cave Monument yeah, sort of like by yeah. Crater Lake. Um, and I, I went and visited that. And somebody on the art tour when you're in the caves, which is amazing. If you ever make it down there, you should check it out, uh, was like, well, what happens if there's an earthquake? And the guide was like, well, we all run into the cave. 
because they're saying that the caves are so stable that like during an earthquake, it's actually safer to be in that cave. Right. And if you think about it, they've been through a lot of earthquakes. Like a lot of these lava tubes have been there for, you know, 10,000 years and Cascadia earthquakes happen, what, like every 300 to 500 years and volcanoes make their own little earthquakes. But volcanic rock is really hard and really stable and it doesn't move a lot. But also, I'm guessing that those caves that you're talking about on the coast, these sandstone caves, that is not where you want to be during an earthquake. <laughs> I would I would assume. I've never really thought about it, but probably not. But um, they do, like, even though these sinkholes form pretty fast, now that, like, people know that they're there, they're able to kind of monitor them. And mm-hmm. so I, it doesn't seem likely that one's going to just, like, drop away as soon as people are there. Like, that's why they have fences up along Cape Kiwanda. You know, you don't yeah. walk near the edge because the edge can crumble away. And it's kind of a good reminder. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to Otter Rock, uh, which is no. like north of Newport, just south of Depot Bay. It's very cool. And there is uh, the Devil's Punch Bowl is there. I have been to the Devil's Punch Bowl. Yes. Okay. That's a that's a sinkhole. Yeah, exactly. That's a oh, giant sea cave okay. that turned into a sinkhole. And yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that's, that place is wild, and I would be terrified of the idea of, again, like things I didn't know to be afraid of, that like <laughs> on the coast, I could be out there and just like hanging out on a cliff and it could turn into a sinkhole. But at some point that happened. There was yeah. some some poor uh, tourist, maybe a thousand years ago. <laughs> I hope, I really hope not. I hope, just... they, I hope they saw it coming. I mean, even um, if you look at Cape Kiwanda right now, there's the big ditch sinkhole, but then there's another one that's like that kind of slower trickling sinkhole that I described where it's, mm-hmm. it hasn't totally collapsed yet. It's just kind of like this 30 foot depression instead of this big hole. So, you know, you can kind of see it coming. They've um, been able to like identify other lines where sinkholes might appear, where it looks like the water might be going in further. And so they just like move the fences, you know, Stay on the correct side of the fence for many reasons, but I guess sinkholes are now one of them. Sinkholes are, are now on that list, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's funny. It does seem like the man-made sinkhole is the scarier one because y- you really don't know that that's going to be coming. Like, you don't have any clue that, like, oh, there's this broken piece of infrastructure under the road. Yeah, and I, w- I was just really struck by how common they are. I mean, it it wasn't hard to find, like, four or five a year going back every few years. Um, and I think that this one in Yamhill got, you know, it's just, it's on such a major road and it's by Tabor and that's just such a, like, such a visited area and it was kind of a big traffic snarl. So I think that one um, just got more attention than they usually do, but they don't seem that uncommon and they crop up in the news every couple of months. And I feel like climate change is changing everything about our region. Um, Oregon's going to be having more extreme weather should we worry about more sinkholes in the future? Is this a problem that's going to continue to grow? Or is it sort of like, that's one thing we can cross off our list of things to worry about? We can't really cross it off um, because, you know, climate change means warmer oceans. Warmer oceans mean more water in the air and warmer air can also hold more water. So you have more water coming out in storms. And we do see sinkholes related to heavy rain events happen, like especially in California where, um, You have, you know, very dry soil, so you tend to get like a lot of water runoff kind of on top of the ground. And so it's not uncommon to see like a giant portion of, say, like um, Highway 1 just collapse due to a sinkhole that forms after like a really heavy rain. For sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whether or not that'll happen here, you know, that kind of depends on like our own geology and what crazy storms we do get. But um, anywhere that you have a lot of water and you have soft soil and then you have a road, 
it's certainly possible. Um, I could see something like that happening, like, um, along the gorge, but it's also kind of hard to tell, like, what's a sinkhole, what's a landslide once you get into that. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the, the end point is things are going to break. <laughs> Roads are yeah. going to collapse. And there's lots of ways that that can happen. Yeah. I mean, I think a bigger question is really like, what is up with Portland sewers and uh, and water mains that they're breaking? One of the ones that I saw, um, this this sinkhole with the, the shopping plaza that swallowed a car was from a 97-year-old water main. So like, Ooh. yeah, I mean, I, I don't know a lot about Portland sewer and water system, but it's certainly like a question. What's our infrastructure doing? Are we just going to have more as things keep aging or are we are we replacing pipes? I don't know. Oh, so we shouldn't worry about like these sort of unforeseen freak natural occurrences. But what we should worry about is the health of our sewers. Yeah, taking care of our town. Thank you, Erin, for walking us through all your research on sinkholes. Um, yeah, learned a lot here. I appreciate it. Yeah, anytime. <laughs> Well, that's all for us today here on CityCast Portland. Thank you so much for listening. If you did enjoy the show, could you tell a friend about it or leave us a rating or a review? I'm John Natariani, in for Claudia Meza. We'll be back tomorrow morning with much more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's. <laughs>